Hi, and welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon. I'm your host and your guide. And as you know, because you come to our, our podcast all the time, that my job is to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Today is a time of crazy chaos, pandemic, post-pandemic, all kinds of things are changing and humans hate to change. So my job is to get you off the brink by helping you see, feel, and think in new ways about perhaps yourself or the world that you're in, the job that you have, your life work balance, your wellness and well-being, who you are, where we're going. That's our job. And I go looking for people who are interesting and have stories to share with you to help you do just that. For some, they become your role models. You want to know more about them. I love to tell you all about them because I do think they offer something extremely powerful in what people are doing to respond to a time of crisis. And I used to preach. I still do quietly. If you want to change, have a crisis or create one. I didn't expect the pandemic to be my crisis, but now we're coming out of it, sort of. And the question becomes, how do we adapt best? Humans love to evolve by adapting. So that's our job today. So who do I have? I have Michael Zaborski, and Michael is from Vancouver, Canada. Cool place. I mean, the joy of virtual podcasts is that you can be from anywhere. You must go to his website. He has a beautiful story on a video about his life's journey. We're going to talk about journeys today because he's been on several journeys, as has his family, his father. But journeys are great ways of discovering ourselves. We quiet our mind and we have aha moments. Let me tell you about him a little bit. He is CEO and co-founder, and you'll hear a little bit about that. <laughs> it came and went many times, of Consulting Success, a really cool company. He's advised organizations like Financial Times, Dow Jones, Amron, Sumitomo, and helped Panasonic launch new products into global markets. Most importantly for him, he's helped over 400 consultants from around the world in 50 countries add six and seven figures to their annual revenues. He learned that being a consultant and teaching consultancy are related, but not the same. And he gets a lot of pleasure helping others like you, our listeners, become the best that they can be. He's going to teach me some things, too, since I've been a consultant for almost 20 years and I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, he's an in-demand speaker, gives keynotes and workshops for the Certified Management Consultants Association, all kinds of wonderful things. He's the author of five books, which is awesome. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the book he created in the middle of the pandemic and the one that's coming out now, right after the pandemic. They're connected. And he's a futurist, as I am. And so we're going to help you see the future today. Michael, thank you for joining me. Andy, really great to be with you. I don't think anyone has ever called me a futurist before, so that's a first. But I have a hunch you are, aren't you? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do a program on futurists for media coming up. And I'm, I've been looking at how futurists define themselves. <laughs> and in some ways, you see what's coming and humans love to see what's coming so that they can live today. It's not the past that's driving us. It's the future that is, which is interesting. So tell our listeners about Michael. Who are you? What's been your journey? Because it's so interesting to hear other people tell their stories. And you're a storyteller, too if not a futurist. How about it? Who's Michael? Uh, well, I was born in uh, Toronto, Canada. And uh, at two years of age, my parents took my sister and I, and uh, as some would say, may uprooted us, but uh, moved us halfway across the world to, uh, to Israel. And so we grew up living in the Middle East, um, you know, surrounded by many different cultures and languages, 
religions, uh, and all kinds of, of history. Uh, and so when I was six and a half years old, uh, they brought us back to Canada, but this time to Vancouver, uh, except I didn't speak English. Uh, and so I was surrounded, again, by uh, all different kinds of people, this time people from different places in the world. I didn't speak the language, and I really felt like an outsider. So my early beginnings uh, had me you know, feeling very different than the people around me, um, I guess, you know, more than one occasion. And so at a young age, I decided the way that I would kind of make my mark and stand out and hopefully be respected and recognized was through sports. And so I put all of my energy and luckily I was a bit of a larger kid. Um, so I, and quite athletic at a young age. And so I excelled in every sport that I touched. Um, and that's really where I had a lot of my energy going up until about midway through high school. Uh, when I went on a trip uh, initially to Thailand with my father and my stepmom, uh, and I had probably the the largest you know occurrence of culture shock in my life. Uh, it was jaw dropping. It was exhilarating. Uh, I found myself just being really excited by this big world that I thought I kind of knew about, but clearly didn't. Uh, and I had a, a whole new respect for. Uh, you know, for the world and especially for Asia. I had been, you know, growing up in Vancouver, you have a lot of influence from Asia. Uh, in high school, I was the, you know, it felt at least like the one kind of token white kid surrounded, uh, you know, by by a row of people from Hong Kong and mainland China. Uh, and, and I loved it. Uh, but so here I was, I came back from Thailand and um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to stop playing sports competitively. I want to get into arts. I want to get into photography and music and poetry. And it was like a complete U-turn. I had uh, my coaches in, you know, in rugby and other sports saying, Michael, what are you, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You can't stop. Like well, you, you can't leave the team, but something, <laughs> you know, switched on inside of me. And I just was very interested in, in expressing myself and, in, and communicating uh, fast forward. So uh, leaving high school, now entering college and my cousin uh, Sam and I decided that we would start a business together. Uh, and so that was called Fingertip Media. It was a design and development company. He was the designer, the developer. I was the client kind of, you know, interactor, communicator, marketing strategist kind of guy. And we built that business uh, on the back of zero experience. We built that business really on the back of, in my case, reading a lot of books and putting into practice what I had learned, which means that when you do that, you fail a lot, right? You have a lot of experiences that don't work out, but you also very quickly learn what does work and what doesn't work. And so... Uh, we ran that business for a couple of years. I then uh, ended up going over to Japan and opening up a branch office for our second company, which is called Kanke Culture. Kanke is the Japanese word for relationship. And so I spent about five or six years building that business in Japan, working with some very large organizations, like you mentioned, Sumitomo, Panasonic, Dow Jones, Financial Times, Japan, a whole bunch of others, uh, advising them on communications and, uh, and advertising into English-speaking marketplaces. Uh, and so that was just a, a really wonderful experience, which I'm, I'm very happy to get into as much as you want. But I learned a lot of lessons, um, you know, mainly being, again, the, the outsider, uh, being at boardroom tables and giving presentations and, uh, and sitting down with people who typically were 10, 20 uh, years older than I was in some cases, uh, as I think about it right now, because I was in my mid-20s. So these are people who, in many cases, yeah, were 30 or even 40 years older than I was. Um, and again, you know, my language was not where, where I would have wanted it to be. I was not yet fluent in Japanese, uh, although I, I worked quite hard at getting to that level. Um, but the business went very well. I decided to move back to, 
Vancouver uh, with my uh, future wife. And we wanted to find a place that would have a bit more balance and just might be better from an environmental perspective and a whole other bunch of factors that we thought certainly wasn't doing it from a business perspective because people thought it was crazy to be leaving and shifting out of a business environment that was uh, so successful for us. But here I was back uh, in Canada and this time creating another consulting business. So to kind of get to the end of this story, and you can, again, Andy, you're in charge here, so you take me as deep as you want into this. But I was sitting at a, at a family barbecue one summer with Sam, my, my cousin, and we had um, we had kind of gone, gone our own ways after running a few different businesses together. Uh, and we've always had a really great relationship. People call us like brothers. We look kind of similar. We sound quite similar. Our, our fathers are twins. Uh, and we were sitting at this family barbecue, and we said, you know what, like we should do something again together, but this time we should do it online. Uh, and that's really because we've always enjoyed traveling, seeing the world, the uh, flexibility and freedom to be able to live and work, you know, wherever you want. And this was way before COVID, right? So the idea of living, like working wherever you want, right, kind of was a bit foreign today. Everybody does it, but it's something that we've always just really appreciate that ability for freedom uh, and to see the world. And so we decided that what we would do was to start um, a community online, or at least a place where we would share our experiences of building consulting businesses. And we had been doing it for about 10 years at that point. Uh, so we thought that we, we had you know, a few things to share, certainly some lessons learned or what pe some people call failures, uh, but also some success. And so we shared kind of stories from the trenches. Uh, and that really started off to build a community around us. We had um, we weren't monetizing. There was no, there's no advertisements. We weren't really sure how we would turn this into a business. But as we were running our own other businesses, we thought that we would put this out there, see what happened with it. And very quickly, we had people saying, hey, you know, these articles, this information is really helpful. Do you have a course that could teach me how to become a successful consultant or how to grow my consulting business? And we said, well, no, we don't, but we'll, we'll create one. <laughs> and so we did, and we put it online. And you know, uh, that was successful. And we had then people who said, the course is great. I'm now generating my first $100,000, or I feel much more clear, more confident, and so on. But is there a way to work more closely with you? you know, do you have a coaching program? We said, no, we don't. Uh, but then we ended up going off and creating what's now called our Clarity Coaching Program. And so uh, we've had really the, the community and the market around us help to influence what we create. Deep down inside, we are we are teachers. We, we love interacting. We're a family business. And so we always kind of uh, look at everyone that comes into our community as part of the family. And today we have a couple of programs that uh, one for kind of earlier stage consultants called Momentum and then our Clarity Coaching Program which is for those that really want to, to accelerate and grow their consulting business significantly beyond where it is today. I love what you're talking about from many levels. For those who are listening, remember, we're going to get you off the brink. You need to realize that nothing is directly in front of you. There's no straight line. You know, it isn't as if you have a plan for living. You know, if you looked at his plan originally, maybe it was going to be an athlete. And then he takes a new direction for the explorer that he is. And then he goes and explores some more and goes to Japan and is successful. But why keep that? Come on back and let's see what else is there. And your customers are saying, boy, can you help me become one? And then can you help me coach? And you say, sure. It doesn't sound like you can ever say, no, we don't do that. Because these are all opportunities coming from the market talking to you. And you created a wonderful pathway for yourselves that you seem to enjoy. And that helps, doesn't it? And I, yeah, yeah it very much does. Yep. Yeah. And making it a family experience even gives it a better purpose and passion too. Right. So with that in mind, 
Um, you wrote a book in the middle of the pandemic, and you wrote one that's just coming out now. And this is April, so we're moving out of the pandemic a bit. I think both of them are important to share because they will help the listener take what you've done and begin to see it from their perspective and also understand how they can do things to really capitalize on the learnings. You know, I always teach a course on mistakeology. Mistakes aren't mistakes. They're learning experiences. And this pandemic is bad. And if you've lost a loved one, it's been awful. Uh, but on the other hand, what have we learned? And then how will that help us? The, the tumult is perfect opportunity for growth. Since nobody can define what's coming next, define it. And let's see what we're doing. So tell us about the two books. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of unintentionally, they're almost 12 months apart. So one, one year apart. Uh, the first was called Act Now, how successful consultants thrive during chaos and uncertainty. And I remember I read a letter um, from one of the investment um, companies that I tend to get newsletters from. Uh, and it really stood out to me that the, the, the author of this letter was trying to paint a picture of the environment in the marketplace. And it gave me a sense of, of understanding and a sense of calm. And I thought, you know what? I should write something similar uh, for my clients. And so I started off that morning. It was early in the morning. My, uh, my daughters and, and wife were still sleeping. I was downstairs sitting on the sofa. And I just decided I'm going to write a letter for, you know, to my clients uh, with what I see in the marketplace from a consulting and you know, business entrepreneurship perspective. Um, and I sent that to clients. And the feedback was tremendous. I mean, I, I had people saying, thank you so much. This is such an important message. Uh, a few clients said, can I send this to my clients? Because I think they need to hear it too. And, and that kind of sparked inside of me uh, a recognition that this needs to go beyond just my clients. And I think this message can actually help other people. Uh, and so I sat down with the team and said, listen, let's, let's create a book. Like We need to put a book together to get this message uh, out in the marketplace. But I don't want it to only be my opinion. I want it to also be uh, you know, the opinion and kind of the, the real life actions and current activities of, of other successful consultants. So I reached out to five or six uh, people that I know who are also running successful businesses. And I said, listen, I want to interview you and I want to hear from you how you're navigating this, this kind of uncertainty and this challenging time that we're in. And what was really interesting, Andy, is that the feedback that, that I received and kind of the, the, the guidance and the direction they were all taking was very, very similar. And that stood out to me because clearly, you know, success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. And people who are successful tend to do very similar things. So that book really broke down kind of into three parts. The first part was, how do you survive? How do you just you know, get through this challenging period? And so there's a bunch of different exercises and things that people could do to reduce expenses, you know, be more focused on, on value creation. But really, it was about how to you know, tread water and make sure that you, that you don't drown. The second part of the book was really about uh, taking steps right now that can help you to strengthen your relationships, but also help you to generate more business and more opportunities. And then I ended that book, uh, Act Now, on what can you do to start you know, using this as an opportunity to, to grow your business so that not only will you survive, but that you can thrive, right? Kind of hence the subtitle of, of the book. Uh, and you know, we had a really great response from, the, from that book, um, and it was very well received. But here we are, you know, 12 months later, April 2021. And while I think so many of us are excited by the light at the end of the tunnel that we can see, um, in most places around the world, it seems like things are getting better. Although, depending on who you talk to, you might hear something different. Um, but what I started to notice with many clients, because 
And I'll back up just for, for one moment, Andy, but what was interesting for me to see is that we had many clients who, and even in our own business, that 2020 was, you know, was their best year ever. That, yes. that their revenues continued <laughs> to, to, you know, to grow and, and in some cases very significantly. Uh, and so looking at that, I started to, to kind of see that there were common threads amongst those who were struggling and those who were succeeding. And so what that kind of showed me was that this is an opportunity for people. If you really look at, regardless of kind of where you are today, if you look at the way that your business is structured, if you look at what has worked well for you or also what hasn't worked well for you, regardless of what has happened in the past, you have an opportunity right now to, to really grow your business or to set yourself up for greater future success. And so the idea with the latest book, which is The Future of Consulting, uh, How to Turn Today's Opportunities into Tomorrow's Business Advantage, is number one, that we are all tend to be uh, weak or reliant in some area of our business. And when we look at history, history shows us that there's been pandemics in the past, there's been economic challenges in the past. We've had you know, some of that now, and we're likely to have more of that in the future. And so I think it's dangerous for people just to, to become overly excited that things are now opening up and not to pay attention to the lessons that can be learned from today or from the last 12 months. And so the idea in the book is, you know, number one, let's get very clear about what areas are you overly reliant on. And I'll give you one, one example of this. Take the person who had 100% of their revenue or a vast majority of the revenue coming from in-person training. And if they did not take steps to prepare for the potential of that, that stream would dry up, they, they felt a lot of struggle and strain and fear early on, right? Uh, but if you look at the same person who, or you know, a similar person who also had the majority of their, their revenue coming from that one area, but they, for example, had taken the steps to build a community or an audience around them, they didn't struggle as much because even when the majority of their revenue stopped, they were able to tap into the community, into the audience that they had built and reach out to them and offer online trainings, online courses, different ways of delivering value. So the, the idea in the book is let's, first of all, become very clear on what areas are we weak, where are we overly reliant, and what steps can we take to not only benefit from you know, uh, strengthening those now, but well into the future. And so again, I interviewed several uh, successful consultants all around the world about what they were doing now, but also, and this was the part that was very exciting for me, was to see what do people think the future will look like for this business, right? So asking people to kind of put their futurist hat on and how do you think things will change? What will technology enable, uh, not just in the next 12 months, but let's mm -hmm. think about the next five years and, and beyond. And so that's what the future of consulting is all about. Uh, and I hope that it will help people to, again, not only get benefit and gain benefit today in the short term, but really set themselves up to, to future-proof uh, future their business and see much greater you know, success down the line as well. Well, you know, it's very clear from the neurosciences and the cognitive sciences that if we can visualize a story for the future, say two years out, um, with good granularity, then we have a much more likely chance of actually arriving there. And so if we have a real difficult time imagining it, you're never going to get there. So make it up. You may not be right or wrong. You'll never know. Nobody ever has to hold you accountable for being right or wrong to this imagined future. But in the absence of it, you're not going to take tomorrow's steps. You won't know if that's a good potential client or not. You won't know if that's the market you should go after. Shall I go back to in-person or stay with virtual? What is the right course of action if you don't imagine? And, and if you're wrong, Make those detours along the way, but 
You need something to aim for. So in the book, and I'm, I'm loving it because being a consultant, I'm anxious to pick your brain. You know, what are two or three of the most important things that the successful ones are showing that they can do really well? Yeah. So uh, one is diversifying income streams. Yes. Uh, so not having all of your eggs in one basket. And this can be, for example, not just working with one or two dominant clients, but instead thinking about how do you have four or five or more clients, you're spreading risk out. Um, that's an, an important one. Also in terms of the different channels, right? Uh, I mentioned the idea of gaining most of your business just from one channel, like in-person speaking. Um, but thinking about, can you create some kind of online program, an online course, uh, ways of delivering your value regardless of where you are. And the, one of the great benefits of that is that you're actually able to increase the market size. No longer are you only serving people who are local to you. You can, if you want, right, offer your expertise and the value that, that you can deliver and create. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, and what a wonderful thing that is. Um, the other is one that I touched on, which is this idea of community. Uh, you know, I think that came back as one of the, the biggest opportunities and, and probably most uh, appreciated uh, areas of uh, um, amongst all the different people that I spoke to. Those that really were able to weather the storm were those who had communities, they had audiences. They didn't have to start from scratch when, you know, when things hit the fan, they were really very well prepared. And so I think today uh, as well, when we add to kind of the fact that there's more and more consultants or more and more people getting involved in professional services because you can now, right? Or, you know, organizations are, are open or more open to bringing in external experts and advisors because they recognize that no longer do you have to have you know, thousands or hundreds of people under one roof to have a culture, like you can still operate, right, with people being virtual. So now organizations are more open to tapping true experts from anywhere in the world. And so what that means, while it's very exciting, it also means that there's more people now who are getting into the world of consulting or into the world of coaching or, or advisory services. So there's more competition, which means there's also more noise in the marketplace because more people are saying things. And it's easier for people to distribute their their uh, information their content than ever before right there's more social media there's more ways to blog and videos and podcasts and clubhouse and all these other things so a, an important factor for someone who truly wants to create success is to take steps to differentiate yourself you can't be the same as everyone else you can't say the same things you can't put out content that could be anybody's content is just general quote unquote you know leadership information that doesn't help you to stand out so if you truly want to build and create long-term success, you need to have a strong point of view. You need to you know, have an opinion. You, you really should think about what do you want to be known for. So rather than like a Jack or Jill of all trades, really clearly pick an area that you want to develop and you want to kind of quote unquote own. Because if you go back to um, you know, the Pareto principle, right, 80-20, uh, the vast majority of the market right, will be dominated by a selector or small few. And everybody else will be left trying kind of to fight for the scraps, as Perry Marshall likes to say. And so I think it's important that if you want to, to dominate, and I know sometimes people feel the word dominate is a bit too aggressive, but I just mean that if you want to have true benefits yes. right, from the, the marketplace and, and be a leader in the market, maybe is a better way to say it, then you can't sit and wait. You can't kind of just you know twiddle your thumbs and put a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You really have to and should consistently and um, you know, in some ways, uh, aggressively be known and, and put your work out there. And the more that you do that, uh, and the more value to create with a clear point of view, the more that you will find that the market will, will polarize. And that's exactly what you want, because marketing is all about polarization. You want those who would never 
really become clients or come into your world. You want them to go away and find somebody else who can serve them better. And you want to draw in and attract the ones who really resonate with your message, which comes back to the importance, right, of, of storytelling, which we talked about before, Andy, right? So when you do that, when you put that, that, those messages out and you do it consistently, you're going to end up building this community around you. You will be the, the kind of the, the flagship or the beacon that people uh, you know, think about when they think about whatever area of expertise you are in or, or want to be known for. Uh, and then you become dominant, right? Then you truly become a leader, or in some cases, what people think of as a trusted advisor that people want to call upon, they want to have conversations with, and that creates all kinds of opportunities uh, to do anything, to launch new services, new products, new ways of creating value. And I think that is continuing to become, it's become, it's been important, but will continue to become more and more important into the future because there will only be more noise and more options and more information in the future as well. And so if you want to, you know, to really be at the top of your industry, then this is a time now that if you commit to it and really take action around it, um, you, you can not only get benefits from that today, but again, well into the future. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. The one thing that I've been talking to my clients and others about um, is not to assume that the past is going to be the new normal that's coming back. People are habit-driven. The brain doesn't really like to learn new stuff. And so one of the things that I think is very important is that you not waste this whole period without reflecting on the part you like, what you want to do more of, what you want to do less of, what you never want to change. Take a little time to be um, thoughtful as opposed to reactive. And, and don't assume your employees want to come back the way they did or that the client's employees want to come back the way they did. It's a perfect, perfect opportunity to understand what is it that you really want to be the keystone of your business and yourself to give you the kind of life, maybe work-life balance, but clearly the kind of life and professional uh, attainment that you and your consulting business uh, should achieve. Um, where 
when we launched our business way back in 2002, my PR firm, um, I was hired a PR firm. I said, we have to tell my story. Said, you're a corporate anthropologist that helps companies change. I said, bingo, hold on to that. People didn't hire me because I was an anthropologist. They hired me because they had a problem called change. And my first book on the break, Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, which this podcast is built off of, was seven of our clients' stories who had gotten stuck or stalled and called us to help them change. Exactly how I did it wasn't the issue. The question was the pain that they were in because they had stalled or stuck, couldn't seem to figure out how to get out of it. They didn't really care how I mixed or matched it, (laughs) what an anthropologist did. They just showed me the way. Let me see it. I got to taste it. And you understand that people don't know what the words mean. They need to actually experience it. We're experiential learners. And so my, my, my thoughts for your thoughts is that it's a good time to take the experiences and leverage them. You know, yeah, no, I think what you mentioned there, Andy, is, is so important because this time has really been a, a great opportunity to gain perspective or to kind of rebalance our, our perspectives you know, as what is important in in life. And I think, you know, one of the first exercises that we take clients through is really looking at their business model, because very often these days, you know, especially online, you'll have people saying like, this is the best, or this is the best, but there's no best, right? It comes down to what works for you. What, what is meaningful? What is, when people say success, there's many different ways to define success. And so ultimately it's about what is going to create happiness and fulfillment uh, for you that you're going to feel good about, that you will enjoy. And that I think is the true, treasure or, or kind of gold or gift of being yeah. an entrepreneur is that you can create and craft your business in any way that you want. Uh, and so now there's more opportunities than ever. Uh, and because, you know, there's more acceptance and acceleration of online. I mean, this it's just amazing what you can do. And so I think it is a really great opportunity for people, as you mentioned, to just think a little bit about what do you really want, right? And create kind of craft that, that dream, that vision, and then work backwards and figure out what steps you need to take to, to get there. And the other thing that you mentioned too, Andy, which I thought was really important yeah, and comes back to this idea of, of creating content and in your point of view, it's so important to talk in a language that will resonate with your buyer, right? With the decision maker, with the person that you truly want to bring into your world. So many people will just talk about things in terms of themselves or what yes. they do. It's not about you, right? As you said, it's not about being the anthropologist, although that might get somebody's attention. It's a talking point right? They have a problem. It's change, right? So you want to talk to what really, like you want to get more empathetic and connect more to their emotions and feelings. And when you do that through your content and when you're telling stories and in your marketing, it's a really, really powerful way to uh, differentiate yourself. Well, in some ways, the podcast has become a vehicle for not monetizing my guests, but in fact, sharing our stories with our listeners, because you and I have similar approaches to the business world we're in together is much bigger than my just talking about how to be a better consultant. You know, it's like I have one way, but you've seen many and you've got a whole variety of 400 plus people you've trained and they're all taking it their way. Um, because if you are good, what you do is listen to what the customer as you were listening to what they needed. And as you grew their solutions, you found it was easy to monetize it and also not be uh, commoditized by it. You became the only or the best of the rest, if not one of another. And there'll all be somebody who's catching up to you. But when we're in space for a while, you know, have a blue ocean strategy, listen to unmet needs, think about who should be using you and voila you'll find the business comes. It's not about me. It's about you. (laughs) And so, and that's very 
hard for people to understand. They tend, tend to sell me the factory. I don't want the factory. I have a problem. Can you help me solve it? And um, so this is such fun. Um, as you and I are looking to the future, um, I am uh, I'm watching this world of consulting going through. I'm, I'll back up. I'm watching the world of thought leadership. I mean, by chance, I was invited to a Tuesday hour thought leadership roundtable. And I've been doing that since the beginning of the pandemic, almost every Tuesday, not quite. And I've been fascinated because I didn't know I was a thought leader. And my business was never grounded on public speaking that way. I'm a Vistage speaker or a tech speaker, and I've got 450 of them under my belt and 30 for this year. Um, and I'm doing a lot of keynotes now. Virtual is much easier. It's great. Um, but these folks made a living on speaking, and they had no living. And I was, to your point, fascinated by the single-mindedness about being a great speaker, being in the National Speakers Association. And they had carved out a whole industry that disappeared. Mm -hmm like overnight and without multiple channels to to leverage they were a bit like near in the headlights sold and stuck and not quite sure what they could do to reinvent themselves but but it is um it's important when people put you in that box that was not a box i ever i ever wanted to be in I was much happier being the anthropologist who helps you change and I, I kept those together because how I did it wasn't as important to be a thought leader. I haven't figured out what they do, um, except speak about thoughts. Um, but it's it's interesting how to now craft your block where you want to be. Watch out for the ambiguity and make sure your story is compelling for the audience you want to you want to tackle. So, are you going to write another book in no time at all? Uh, I'm sure I will. Uh, you know this this one came uh, without as much thought. You know, I tend to. I spent a lot of time thinking about, I guess, the, the future and, and what we're doing in, in our business. But most of the books that I write come from a problem that I see in the marketplace or or an opportunity to to help people. Um, and as anyone who writes books typically knows, you know, you don't make a lot of money from writing the books and publishing them. Um, mm -hmm. And so you, you truly tend to want to do it because you want to help and you see a, a bigger picture. And that's really where where these last two books have come from is to try and help those who are, you know, as we're all dealing with very, you know, uh, uncertain times and, and new situations. Yes. And that, that, I think, again, comes back to community that uh, the more that we can help each other, uh, then the stronger we we all are. And the stronger we all are, right, the more value that is created. And that benefits everyone. Well, you know, to your point, uh, part of coming out of the launch of my book in January of 2021, Rethink, we formed a Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. And we're bringing to market in May, a program called Rethink Your Journey with Andy Simon to help women rethink their own personal journey. <clears throat> and the community on the Facebook group is growing very nicely um, because it's women helping women. And the whole, the, it's, it's a, it introduced me to a whole model out there of all kinds of ways women are helping women and, and all coming together to be ex, uh, amplifiers and supporters and holding them accountable. It's almost as if there's a need for a different business model for all of these um, yesterday employed in corporate, today an entrepreneur, I don't know what I'm doing, people. And next thing you know, they're all coming into their own to figure out what they can do. But it's a really fascinating time. The, 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 the media, the social, the virtual has allowed it to be much broader, faster than you might have been able to do in a community. 
but not necessarily. But I'm just fascinated culturally by this great transformation that's going on. Uh, and having done a couple of Vistage talks up in uh, Vancouver recently, sounds like there's stuff going on up there as well that's very transformative. Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, change and opportunity all around the world. It sure is. Now, as I tend to wrap up, Michael, are there a couple of things you don't want our listeners to forget? Because I've just enjoyed every minute of this conversation. Well, Andy, I think the, the first one is focusing on on value. Uh, you know, always at kind of the central to everything that we do. And so I'll, I'll just speak from my observations and personal experience uh, over the last kind of 21 years of running consulting businesses and 13 of working with consultants is that when you lead with value, when you truly think about how can you create value for the person that you want to build a relationship with, and this is all about relationships, uh, things tend to typically work out quite well. Whereas if you take the opposite approach, when you tend to think more of transactional kind of mindset, right, and making a sale um, and you know winning a client, uh, often your your heart and your mind aren't in the right place. Uh, and not only does that tend to create a bit of a uh, you know uncomfortable feeling for many people, but when you have that feeling, then you typically don't take the action that you need to. And so I think starting off with a shift in mindset to really focusing on creation of value and responsibility and, and duty and just finding ways to, to make people better off uh, always ends up working, even though it may not be the most direct path. Uh, I've found it to be one of the most rewarding, fulfilling long-term paths to, to success. Uh, the second thing that I would just connect to that is once you've made that mindset shift, it's uh, imperfect action. And those are two words that I use a lot with our clients. Uh, and I think, you know, when you, especially when you shift from the corporate world into starting your own business, yes. you tend to want to have everything just perfect because it's human nature to want to avoid making mistakes, right? You think you only have one chance. You don't want to make, make uh, you know, lose that opportunity, so on, so on. And it's, that couldn't be further from the truth, right? When you take a step, right? You could spend all day planning and thinking, getting things just right, but you won't actually know whether what you have planned will work until you put it out into the marketplace. It's true. So the sooner that you get it out into the marketplace, the sooner that you'll actually learn whether you had a, you know, the great idea was a great idea or whether you need to make a little, you know, adjustment to it or whether you need to make a, a big course correction to it, but at least you get the feedback. And that's what I've seen probably help, you know, even people who sometimes you'll look at and go, how are they so successful? They don't have the education. They don't have the background. You know, you list all these things and you think that somehow you're superior to them. But when you look at them, right, they're more successful. How can that be? Well, it's because they're taking more action. They're, they're not concerned about having all of the answers. Yes, they'll have some of the answers. They'll have, they'll have some clarity. They have confidence. <laughs> Do they know everything? No, but they're taking steps towards that goal, towards that vision, towards that dream. And they're learning from them and they're adapting and altering as they do that. And as they do that, they're able to then make better and better decisions. So they're out thinking you, right? They're out acting you. And, and that's very hard to keep up with. So join the crowd, right? Don't fight the wave, just dive into it. And as you take that imperfect action, not only will you learn a lot more, but you're going to be able to move forward a lot more, right? With much greater confidence. Uh, and therefore you'll, you'll see more progress, more momentum, and just, just more benefits. So that's what I would say. And yeah, yep. go ahead. Oh, I share your fake it till you make it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it's certainly worked for some people right? at different times. And I think there is a time and place for that because if you don't have all the answers, either go and get the answers, which is a great step to just be honest. Yeah, I don't know the answer for that. Let me go and find out, right? <laughs> but if not, then then learn on the spot. Um, it's, it's better than not doing anything. I think that the confidence that you exude comes in part from you having um, lived that life just like you're describing. 
You know, this is imperfect action. You tried that. You went there. You did this. You had this. You're open and listening. And I do think that part of the magic today is to open and listen, quiet the mind, stop thinking you have the answers, have the questions, listen to others, talk to people, and just listen to their stories. Don't ask them questions. Tell me, how are you dealing with something? And they'll, they'll, they'll educate you without even knowing they're doing that, but they'll also open up opportunities and when they say to you, what if, could you, have you thought about, next thing you know, voila, there's a whole new business line for you. And they're coming. The one thing I'm preaching now in both my workshops and my, my client work is listen to the customer. They need a hand. They need a hand more than you need a hand. They will help you become the best you can be. Let them take you. And, and, and don't think you need to be the all-knowing. They don't know either. And so it's a great time for us to rethink what's happening together. This has been such fun. If they want to buy your book or get a hold of you, where could they do that, Michael? Yeah, uh, home base for everything, Andy, is consultingsuccess.com. Uh, the books are on Amazon, all those fine places. Uh, but also encourage people, if you want to reach out and connect on LinkedIn, always open to that. Just put a little personal note or in the invitation so I know where you're coming from. Uh, and Andy, I just want to uh, thank you and also just recognize that what you're doing here, I mean, you, you run a really great show and your work is inspiring. And so uh, I just want to, again, thank you so much and, and keep it up. Well, I'm just touched by that. Thank you so much. I never know for sure whether you are as happy with what's happening as I am. And that is the nicest little echo back. I have a hunch you say thank you a lot. <laughs> uh, I do tend to say thank you a lot. Uh, I don't know if it's all my years in Japan or I truly am just grateful for, uh, for life. You know, I, I wake up every day. And I think to myself, before I even get out of bed, what am I grateful for? Yes. Uh, and then before I go to bed every day, I just remind myself, you know, All the uh, things are I have, yeah, you know, I have wonderful daughters and wife, and uh, I feel very fortunate. And so um, I think, you know, when people often say, Michael, how are you doing? I always say, wonderful. excellent, or I'm awesome, or because I believe that when you think that, so you put, I talk about this in the book, Act Now, you can choose every day to put on, you know, yes. a pair of lenses, whether you wear glasses or not. Uh, and those lenses can either be you know, tinged with, uh, with, with a bit of negativity. And then everything you look at, you first go, what's wrong with that? Why doesn't that work? Oh, and, and you just, you think negative, right? You're kind of more short-sighted. Or you can put the, the lenses on that have a, that kind of tinge of positivity, where everything that you look at, you just, you first go, oh, okay, this is interesting. Or, oh, yeah, that's an opportunity. And that allows you to start seeing so many more opportunities and just feel better. And when you feel better, you tend to take more action. When you take more action, you tend to get better results. So it's kind of this you know, reinforcing cycle. And so I just, I'm a very big proponent and believer of you might as well try and be positive because life's too short to spend you know, all the time I being negative. Disagree. You and I both collaborate with our mind because if you do, you can change the story in there and see all the positives. If you want to focus on the negative, go right ahead. But that's not a good use of a day. And I, too, wake in the morning and say, how can I do something good for someone today? I find acts of kindness give me a well-being. And it's not about me. It's about you. And then next thing you know, we've had this wonderful, absolutely wonderful podcast. So let me say goodbye to my listeners, because we could talk for a long time about collaborating with our mind and creating joy. And a little gratitude helps. My listeners, thank you so much for coming. Uh, whether you're watching the video or listening to us, it's truly a pleasure and a privilege to have you come. The one thing I want you to remember is that every one of the folks I bring you has a message to help you see, feel, and think in new ways so you can do better. I want to get you off the brink. Now, my book On the Brink is available on Amazon, and it's absolutely fantastic for you to read. 
Rethink has just come out in January 2021. It's about smashing the myths of women in business, and it's a time for us to smash those myths and help women become the best that they can be. If you'd like, join our Facebook group called Rethink with Andy Simon, and let's help each other rise, collaborate, learn from each other. Just like we're doing here, it's amazing what you can listen and learn and not assume and just enjoy. So it's been a pleasure. Please stay well and stay happy and think positively. It's been great fun. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye now.